welcome everyone to episode 495 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Corey. Uh, I apologize, everyone, that we've been pretty much MIA for the entire summer. Uh, but I think we're going to get back into at least a semi-regular recording schedule. Will is unable to regularly record, so um, that's why that's why we weren't able to record over the summer. Uh, busy summer for, for all of us, especially you, Corey. Holy cow. Uh, but Holy we'll talk cow about that. is right. Yeah, we'll talk about that uh, during our weeks. We're kind of going to do not an abbreviated episode, but we're only going to be doing uh, what we played. We got a little bit of news to cover, and then we have um, we're going to talk about our weeks because obviously it's been I don't know. I think the last time we recorded was sometime in June, maybe July. So we're going to kind of get caught up on all that stuff and uh, explain why we haven't been able to record uh cory i know you also had mentioned wanting to do something new are we going to do that this episode or do you want to wait till next one i think we should wait till next week um okay. but i'll just share the idea now yeah because uh, i thought it was a pretty good idea but um some of the longtime listeners may know that we are now uh 10 years into this podcast we started in august of 2011 um and we are now in september of 2021 so we've been doing this a long time and i thought it would be fun to have like an old takes segment where uh, I'll go in and, and just pull a clip from an old episode. And I, I think I kind of like to go in order, you know, like start with episode one. Um, and that way, you know, we have 500 and some episodes in between every episode we do. So, you know, we'll go back to episode one and I'll pull a hot take that one of us had. May have been a good take, may have been a bad take, may be a take that is relevant to whatever is going on currently in gaming. Um, it just might be fun to kind of pull apart and talk about and discuss. Absolutely. So, I think I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun um, because we said a lot of stupid stuff back <laughs> back in the day and still yeah. continue to say stupid stuff. So um, hopefully we can correct ourselves or say, I told you so, or, you know, have those kinds of conversations. Yeah, I, I try to think back. And I'm like, oh, no, I mean, I, I didn't change that much. But then I go back and I, I think of some of the thoughts that I had early on. And I've definitely changed a lot, you know, as a as a gamer and as oh, a person yeah. in, in over 10 years. That's a, that's a long time. So indeed. So yeah, uh, we'll get right into what we played. Uh, I also want to cover the Nintendo Direct that happened today. Um, we'll, so we'll talk about that probably in between our our segments here. So uh, we're also I heard it was on kind s- of a snoozer. Sorry, I keep it, interrupting you. No, that's but, okay. Uh, it was it was all right. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I was excited for the final announcement, uh, and there there was some neat stuff in there, but nothing like mind blowing. Like there was nothing from Breath of the Wild or anything yeah. like that. So that's kind of what people were hoping for. The new Pokemon legends uh, a Creus or however you pronounce it nothing from that uh, i missed the first like four minutes because of course they have them on at the absolute worst time it was on at six o'clock um which is just terrible terrible timing for the for for what, me in the household so what time is that in where are they in tokyo it's nintendo in tokyo yeah i don't know if it was it was from you know if they ran it from tokyo or if they ran it from uh washington because oh. they're also Washington State. With 3 p.m., that's, you know, not too bad there. But, yeah, it was it was pretty pretty bad timing. So, anyway, uh, Corey, we'll start with you. Uh, what games have you been playing? Uh, pretty much all summer. I mean, the last time you recorded was probably was May, maybe? Holy smokes. Yeah, I don't even remember what I was playing back then. Um, I know that I played a lot of Valhalla, Assassin's Creed Valhalla this year, which... <clears throat> Um, I think I think there is some 
record of me talking about this game on the podcast way back when, but uh, I do want to just briefly bring it up again because I had such a great time with it, and it kind of yeah. rubbed me the wrong way at first. Uh, I mean, that's not really the, the right way to put it, but I had just come off of playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, a uh, game that I absolutely loved and will definitely make my revised top 10 games of all time list when we uh, go and, and rehash that in episode 500? 500, right? 500, yep. Yeah, which I don't know how many were away from that, but it'll be coming up. I can't wait to redo that list. Um, but yeah, Valhalla, just the more I played it, the more that just like eerie kind of gray, foggy English uh, countryside kind of aesthetic really, really grew on me. Um, I don't think Eivor is as strong of a character as um, the Cassandra. character in Odyssey, Cassandra. Yeah, um, I agree. Or, or even like uh, in the horizon zero dawn aloy you know another really strong character female character um but i do like i do like avor avor's like bold-headedness you know yeah. that yeah really she's, kinda... she's really gruff she is yeah. which i kind of like but I, I i agree i don't think it's she's as good of a character as cassandra was definitely and that to me might be the the biggest difference between the two games because I found a lot to love in both games, but just that little bit of character difference was enough for me to kind of knock Valhalla down a peg. But man, those games are so incredible. And it, it really, I, I mean, I guess I understand the hate that those games get from the longtime Assassin's Creed fans because they're different types of games. They really are. But um, at the end of the day, they're still really, they're better games in my mind than any of the previous Assassin's Creed games. Um, Again, I liked a little bit more about Odyssey, like the armor, um, the character progression, all a little bit more meaningful, the, yeah. the abilities that you unlock and stuff like that. You can really kind of go crazy and be a crazy badass in um, Odyssey and, and not so much in Valhalla, but um, wow, those games are so good. I did not play any of the Valhalla DLC though. Did you, Dan? Okay, so I don't know what's considered DLC and what's not because I just picked this game back up uh Okay. Within the past week or so, I, I I finally, when I initially played it, I played it on Ubisoft Plus. Uh, I after the free month, I let my my subscription expire. I didn't didn't want to, I didn't have time to play it then. Uh, but I but I did pick it back up. I've I've been playing it for about a week. Right now, I'm in Ireland. Did you do anything in Ireland? I didn't know if that was part of the main game or if that was extra. That's new. That's new. Okay, that's yep. where I am right now, and it's it's really cool. Oh man, so okay, I do have to go back and play it. That was yeah, why I was so, asking because I, I didn't know if I needed to play it. Yeah, it's really cool. It adds some new some new game mechanics, uh, rebuilding up trading posts. Um, uh, God, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of the other stuff. It does, but but there's also a part where you go to France and fight against. Um, I I believe it's Charlemagne. They said Charles the Fat. That's Charlemagne, right? <laughs> Charlemagne. I don't know. It could be because I'm, I'm pretty before, sure but... Charlemagne was was gigantic and fat. Um, but I, as far as the time frame goes, I don't I don't remember exactly when Assassin's Creed Valhalla takes place. Um, but I'm pretty sure uh, because they're they're talking about the unifying of the of the Celts in, okay. in France. So I'm pretty sure that that's who they're talking about. Uh, that's that's a paid DLC part. the The Ireland part is not. I just like you said. I just bought the base game. Um, it was on sale for like $34 and I was like, I really wanted to revisit it. So, um, but yeah, I did a little bit of stuff in England and then this, this Ireland quest popped up and I'm like, Oh, that's kind of cool. So yeah, I mean, I'm in Ireland now and I've probably been in Ireland for 10 hours. I don't know how long <laughs> the storyline is for it, but 
it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I did some Googling while you were chatting too. And uh, Charles the Fat is the great grandson of Charlemagne. Oh, okay. So so this was pre-Charlemagne. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, or post-Charlemagne. Great grandson. Oh, okay. So he's great. The grand- okay, I see. Cool. Yeah. Um, but the, since you mentioned that, that's like one of the things I really love about the Assassin's Creed games is there is a little drip of history involved and you're absorbing those things. Um, one of the, one of the common themes in this podcast, going back to our first episode is how, um, like playing the age of empires games really endeared me to history. Um, at least for the campaigns that existed in age of empires too, like Joan of Arc, you know, that kind of stuff and how. That gave me a leg up whenever I was studying Joan of Arc because I recognized the names and just having that recognition um, really goes a long way towards, you know, uh, piquing your curiosity um, with that stuff. So those games check all those boxes for me and they're just fantastic games. Um, I will have to go back and play the DLC, but I think Valhalla might also make my new top 10 list. Um, surprisingly, those two games back to back, but I just there's so much to love about them. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I, honestly, I I love the the raids, like charging the yes. these charging these these religious sites with your with your you know fellow Danish raiders. I I it just gets it gets the the adrenaline flowing, you know. Yeah, I, I kind of want the um, what's the word the the Fortnite version of that. You know, the version where I play online with another fifty people or something like that and do oh, something yeah. kind of similar. Um, I think isn't that for for honor? Isn't that kind of what that is for honor? Is that the game? Uh, yeah. I mean, for, uh, for honor is more technical. I think. Oh, uh, okay. It's right. it's very technical and less uh, like hack and slashy. Gotcha. Um, so that was probably the biggest game I've played, or the most time I've spent with any game this year. But I've been giving a huge chunk of time recently to Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which, holy smokes, if you enjoyed the Mass Effect games back in the day, you really need to go back and play them in the Legendary Edition. Um, they did all the right quality of life upgrades, um, like up- updating the combat in Mass Effect 1, which I don't really remember the combat in Mass Effect 1, but based on my understanding, um, what they did in the Legendary Edition makes it so much better and i did enjoy the combat in the first mass effect game um it's kind of funny to watch the progression of the games though when you're playing them back to back yeah because uh, i mean back in the day they were what two years apart each game or the first one and the second one were two years apart and then three was the next year i, I don't really remember yeah I, I think the third one was was maybe a little bit longer okay but they they, um, they weren't they were a couple years in between each one definitely and I was doing some reading about the development of the game before we recorded, and apparently at one point they considered upgrading the engine in the all three games to Unreal Engine 4, um, which they were developed in Unreal Engine 3. And I'm kind of glad they didn't because it still has that retro charm, which is weird to say about a Mass Effect game, but we are... What did Mass Effect 3 come out in, like, 2010 or 12 or something like that, somewhere in there? Mass Effect 3? Yeah, do you remember? I want to say 2012... I'm going to quickly Google it because it was yeah, in the 2012, early... March of 2012. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, was, I knew it was like early ish in the podcast history. Oh, right. Yeah. Cause we talked at length about it a few times. Yeah. That's I should have gone back and uh, pulled a hot take from one of those. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, it's fun to watch that progression and fun to play the storyline, like start to finish. I remember going back to mass effect two, my biggest criticism, and I loved mass effect two, still love mass effect two. 
but my biggest criticism of Mass Effect 2 was as a standalone game, it didn't feel complete. It just felt like one long uh, second act, which is fine because it is a second act of a three act story, you know? Yep. Um, but it didn't have the highs and lows that I was looking for in a game like Mass Effect 3 has where, mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you hit the highest of highs and you hit the lowest of lows. Mass Effect 2, you're just assembling your team. There's a little bit of a main story arc with the collectors and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, at least, at least for me, Mass Effect 3 um, does a lot more with storytelling and has that common thread that carries you throughout the whole game. I know uh, another criticism of Mass Effect 3 is the ending. I'm not quite there yet. I'm pretty close to beating the whole thing. Um, but I'll, I will say that I think I agree with that criticism more now than I did back in the day. And again, I think it's because when you're playing those games back to back to back, mm -hmm. you remember your decisions and you hope they play out in a more right. fulfilling way than they actually do. The way they play out, most of them, you know, you might get a little extra cinematic or an extra sentence from one of the characters or something, but most of those choices just end up being numbers on a spreadsheet. So that criticism I totally agree with um, now, and I did less so back then just for that reason, because the the time between games was so distant. I can I can hardly remember what I had for breakfast, never mind what decision I made two years ago on a Mass Effect game. Um, so right. that criticism I definitely echo. Yeah, and I know and that was something you you were unhappy with the original game or the original yeah. So release. and the reason why that was is because Mass Effect One and Two I played a bunch back to back, making different decisions in every game to see how they would play out in the end. And all you know, some of them like some of the story arcs for those were were finished at some point in the third game, uh, and then the rest were were saved for for after, um, and and you never got any. Uh, any vindication on any of the on, on a lot of them uh, until later on they did have an addendum to the to the game uh, afterwards after there was the you know the mass complaining about about the ending uh, where they where they fleshed it out a little bit better and, and I was that was acceptable to me um, I did not like the initial iteration of the ending at all um, but it, right. it was okay after they mm -hmm. after they updated it yeah, it was the the joke was what what flavor ending did you get? Yeah, what, because what color when the Mass Effect explodes, right, or the the relay explodes, and then it's mm -hmm. one of three colors, and that mm -hmm. was like the only difference, um, which is it is just crazy to think about. But I, also, I never buy into marketing for games, so they were pitching that as you know all your decisions are going to have this huge influence in the game. I never bought into any of that anyway. Sure. So like, you know. Uh, my expectations, I wasn't let down because I never bought into it anyway. But um, I've been making some different decisions. I still want to have the same result because I I think I did it right the first time. The ending I got was, I believe, the canon ending, right? I don't know if they've ever said which ending is the canon one, but it is the quote-unquote best ending. Right. Um, so I want to make sure I get that ending again, just because you know it's precious to me, and I want <laughs> I want to maintain that. But um, I saved Caden instead of Ashley in Mass Effect One, uh, which was a different decision. Um, I gave who did I? I set Anderson up as the um, council member as opposed to Udina, mm -hmm. which I think when I first played through, I never got the option to set Anderson up as the council member. Um, but that's another decision that like you get into Mass Effect 3 and Anderson's not on the council anymore anyway. The game just right. decided that Udina would be the council member at the Citadel, uh, which is a little bit frustrating, but whatever, I get it. 
but what I'm most enjoying about my new playthrough is I'm playing all the DLC that I had never played previously. I never pay for DLC. I think it's not a waste of money, but it's not what I want to spend my money on. I want to play the game the developers created. Um, and then if they release free content, great, but I'm not going to spend an extra $20 for added content unless I really, really enjoy the game. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Right, right. Um, but back then I was also really poor, so I couldn't afford the DLC. Uh, so never got to play it, but especially the DLC in uh, Mass Effect 3, like the Leviathan stuff, I thought it was part of the original game and I just never remembered it. Uh, Will was the one that told me that was DLC, but hearing about all that stuff was really cool. It really uh, enriches the world a little bit. Um, and for those that aren't familiar with the Leviathans, I think they're called the Leviathans. They're their own species, essentially. They existed before the Reapers were around um, and in a sense sort of created the Reapers, but the Reapers obviously became too powerful. Uh, and then the Leviathan species had to kind of hide out. Um, and they just kind of live under the ocean and are waiting, waiting and listening, I think is, is how they put it for their opportunity to, to rise back. Um, so that's that's been the most fun part for me. And also I texted you guys about the Citadel DLC, which is just kind of out there. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it, but the 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 long and the short of that is that there's a shepherd imposter that was created by Cerberus. He's trying to do bad things, trying to take over the Normandy. Um, and you have to root him out. But then at the end of it, you have like a party at your new apartment that Anderson gifts you on the Citadel. And it's just, it's, I, I enjoyed it because it was so bizarre, but it was really bizarre and just kind of fell out of place. Um, but at the same rate, it was really nice to get those, get to know those characters a little bit more and and in and, and, and an environment where they're letting their hair down and it's not all serious. It's just like, they're just talking about stuff. Um, although I did decide that I really don't like James as a character. And I don't remember if he was as cringy back then as he is playing the game now, but like, I don't know. I just feel like we've moved on as a society from people like James, you know, sure. just like, I don't know. I didn't he, really he, care much for him. He's just a gym bro. Yeah. Gym bro. Um, which might've played well back in 2010, but <laughs> nowadays, I don't know. You have to have a little more substance. Um, but yeah, I uh, absolutely love the Mass Effect series. I'm excited to see what they do with it next. The Legendary Edition did uh, sell beyond their expectations, so I'm curious to see what they do with it next. Um, as pe two people who didn't mind Andromeda, didn't love it, but didn't hate it either, um, I wonder if there's an opportunity to tie something in there. Um, but I don't know maybe continue Shepard's story. I feel like they kind of have to, uh, because obviously that's what's resonating with people. That seems to be the case. Uh, Will is a little more, has his finger on the pulse of the Mass Effect stuff uh, as far as marketing goes, and I'm pretty sure he thought that the next Mass Effect game would involve Shepard in some capacity. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's after Mass Effect 3 or if it's, you know, before um, there's a, there's so much story there that they really could take it in any direction. I mean, I'd be curious to know, like, I'd I'd play a game that was based around Liara, you know, doing shadow broker type stuff. Um, I don't know. There's so many characters, and and it's such a rich universe that there's a ton of opportunity. So, I am really curious to see what happens next. But um, part of me hopes they continue Shepard's story. The other part of me is like, geez, you know, there's something to this Andromeda. Um, maybe they'll do an Andromeda 2. I don't know. Uh, 
they have my money either way, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, what else have I been playing? I started playing Rocket League again recently. Although, I, as much as I love Rocket League, I think I think I need to just put it down. Um, I'm getting too old and slow, <laughs> and I can see it. I really can. Like my reaction time is just not good enough. Uh, I've sort of morphed into the uh, bruiser veteran, you know, doing a lot of demos and breaking up plays and taking chances. Um, so I make a lot of mistakes, but I also make up for those mistakes by taking those chances, you know, stepping up and, and blocking a shot early on before the other team even crosses the halfway point. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely a sign of age there. Um, what's, still a great game. But. What's, what's interesting though, is how, you know, us older players make up for our lack of, for lack of a better word, make up for a lack of athletic ability yeah in in other ways you know uh because i'm i'm experiencing that a little bit in Fortnite. obviously i picked that up way later than than well you know most of the good players but uh i find myself making up for in my case it's mostly building that i can't can't compete yeah. in um but you know i make that up with make up for that with being sneaky now that's a little it's it's different in in rocket league um, you're obviously in a much, much different situation. There's, there's not as many elements at play there. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's interesting to me the way, the way it, there's probably some of that in, in regular sports too, you know, how, how older players just kind of, yeah. yeah, you learn the game, you have more, you have better awareness and, and you find little ways to make up for, for your declining, declining abilities, you know? I was just going to say, I, I remind myself of Brendan Shanahan, you know, I used mm. to, I used to be able to score pretty, pretty good. That was my thing in rocket league and get in the corners and, and win those battles. But, uh, now I'm just trying to get under the other team's skin and, uh, hope for the best. Yeah. I don't know. Stick up for my teammates. I, I don't know. Um, just, yeah. Uh, but I did pay for the rocket league pass just because I was playing quite a bit and, um, you want to be rewarded for that because I like I like the car customization and all that stuff. So a little more recently, I played Psychonauts 2, which I don't know if you've had oh. a chance to try that, Dan. No, I, um, I downloaded it. I had fully intended on playing it and just never did. I'm into it. I, I don't know if it's a game for me. One thing I really like about it is how there's two ways to move. There's You can just run on the ground or you can roll on your ball. And those two different styles of movement are so different that it's basically like trying to play the game two different ways. And I'm still really early, so maybe maybe it'll be the type of thing where you have to use one way of movement over the other. Um, but at least right now, it kind of lets you choose. You want to play the game like really quickly by rolling on the ball and jump really far and high and fast, or do you want to play it a little more slowly and, and take your time and be a little bit more methodical with your platforming? Um, that's one of the best things about the game in my opinion i also like the uh mental health aspect of the game it's all about um mental health and taking care of yourself and and all of the different types of uh mental health issues you could you could come across still really early like maybe two hours in i don't know if i'll go back to it as much as i like it those types of games i don't get much out of other than the actual just like enjoyment of playing them uh, which I know sounds silly to say out loud, but I'm always looking for that little extra something in every game. And Psychonauts to me is just like a solidly built action platformer. Um, the mental health stuff is that added thing, but I don't know. At the end of the day, I, 
I'd still rather play a game like Mass Effect or um, Rocket League where I'm either being competitive or experiencing a story that I'm making decisions in or having some level of input in the game beyond just like controlling the character. Um, one other game, game I want to talk quickly about, Dan, I, I was going to talk about Hades, but I don't need to talk about Hades. Everybody knows Hades is a great game. That's another yeah. game that's in my rotation right now. Mass Effect, Rocket League, and Hades are like my three-game rotation. Um, but I've also played a little bit of Chris Tales. Are you familiar with that game at all? Maybe it's Christ Tales. I don't know. It's no. a Game Pass game. It's a, a JRPG-style game actually developed by a Colombian company. A Colombian developer whose name escapes me. I want to give him credit. Um, Dreams Uncorporated is the developer, and it's published by Modus Games. Um, but it's a it's on Game Pass. It's a very highly stylized JRPG with this really cool mechanic. Uh, and this is the whole reason I'm bringing it up because this mechanic is that there's a time travel mechanic. And the way it does it is when you're looking at the screen um, in the heads up display, there's a triangle. And in the middle of the triangle is the present. And that's your character and what you're playing. But you can send, at least, again, I'm early in the game, you can send your frog companion into the future or the past. But with that heads up display in the triangle, you're seeing the present within the triangle. But as you move through the game world, you can see the, the future and the past outside of the triangle on either side. So there's a lot of fun like gameplay uh, mechanics that come out of that. Like, oh, this character's not here anymore because they're dead. Well, if I send my frog into the past, I can still see the character there. The frog can get whatever they need from this character and then bring it into the present. Just little stuff like that. I'm, I'm excited to see where the game goes. It also incorporates a lot of like Colombian architecture and stuff like that, which is unique for a video game. We don't yeah. see a lot of that kind of stuff. Absolutely, that's really cool. Um, yeah, and it, it's reviewed really well. Uh, I did enjoy what I played. I Again, I really like the atmospheric, uh, the the oozing style JRPG um, thing. I'm, I'm into that. So I'm excited to see where that goes. And again, it is on Game Pass, so free for anybody that has Game Pass. Yeah, so um, um, you could play it on the Xbox One. You could play it on the Xbox Series S or X. And yep. a lot of those are PC. Uh, you know, again, Xbox Game Pass mm -hmm. is, is is pretty great. Best $10 you can spend in gaming a month right now, in my mind. Um, I don't really buy games anymore. I just play whatever's on Game Pass, and inevitably there's something worth, at least one thing worthwhile, uh, but more often than not, there are several things worthwhile. So Yeah. All right. Anything else, Corey? No, go ahead. I, uh, I've talked quite a bit. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I... So... I think it was after we record we recorded our most recent episode previous to this. I don't remember. I I meant to look up the date and I didn't. Uh it was it was June, maybe mid mid or early June. I think it was before E3. Might have been right after E3. Uh but either way, I kind of went through a gaming funk after that. Um I didn't really play much. And I don't know about you, Corey, but when I don't play video, a lot of not even a lot of video games, but if I don't play any video games for like a week, I start to not really feel like myself very much mm. i don't know if you encounter that at all but i just i start to feel like i don't know distant from myself yeah i kind of <laughs> it's weird you say that because i kind of have the opposite effect the the less i play games the more i guess it's not the more i feel like myself but the more the, the less i play games the less i think about games so the less i want to play games the more i play games the more i think about them the more i want to play them um 
So I, yeah, the worthless piece of information for me right there. But yeah, I guess I know what you're saying, but I kind of just approach it from a different angle, I think. Gotcha. So yeah, I, I kind of racked my brain on what, what I could play to kind of break that. Uh, and I decided to try to revisit some of the games that I had started and put down and didn't finish for whatever reason. So uh, I picked up Far Cry 5. Oh, nice. And I played played Far Cry 5 through until the end. Uh, that was a great game. I did not love The Last Encounter. I thought that was kind of a pain in the butt. Uh, but I had been seeing stuff for Far Cry 6, and it kind of got me you know, interested in, in playing that type of game again. And that kind of broke me out of my... I think I only ended up spending a week. It wasn't very long. Not too many hours. I, I was probably maybe two-thirds of the way through the game, so... I didn't, uh, I didn't like 100% it or anything like that, like I, like I usually like to do, or come close to 100%ing it. I just kind of did the main story and then a little bit of the side side missions, uh, and then you know created some mayhem where and if I saw fit. Um, but that was a that was a really really cool game, um, as is the all the Far Cry games. And I I'm interested in getting Far Cry Six. I don't know if I'll get it right off the bat, but what's the premise for Six? Do you know? Um, it's supposed to be in a place like, uh, like Cuba. Okay. Banana Republic but, style. Yeah, exactly. Uh... Yep. Um, and it seems really cool. So I'll probably once, once it comes out and reviews start coming out, I'll probably end up buying it. But yeah, it seems, seems really neat. Cool. Um, so after, after that, I moved on to, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Because that was another one that I that I really liked when I played it, and and just ended up putting it down for whatever. And I played Shadow of the Tomb Raider for eh, maybe another ten hours, five to ten hours. Uh, I didn't end up finishing that one um, because I got busy, like you know when I when I started playing that again. Um, so I didn't didn't end up finishing that one, but I very much enjoy that game. I will go back to it at some point. I think I played a little bit of cyberpunk in there. I started a new character uh, that's a corpo instead of I my my I was the nomad the the first one mm-hmm. I think it's called nomad I don't don't remember now um, but still really like that. Apparently, the most recent patch, the one point three one patch, really fixed a lot of things in the game and made it run a lot better uh, okay. on PC. I I can't speak to the consoles, but apparently it made the PC version. Uh, a lot better so uh, yeah what is that the biggest con in gaming is cyberpunk <laughs> 2017 i really uh, like no, cyberpunk that's... <laughs> um, no that's I, fair I, but i do get why people didn't like it i i do understand yeah well for me and, and this is my own fault for not doing my research but i bought it thinking i was buying the next the xbox the next gen version of it um which come to find out it wasn't because they didn't even have it ready but then they also said it would be ready early 2021 we're now in september and they still haven't released the next gen patch or even Um, any information about it. i don't think they've talked about it yeah i don't know i think i did see something recently that it's the next i don't know maybe not patch I'm kind of out of the loop, but yeah, it's just, it's just kind of ticks me off because if, if I know there's a better version of the game coming, I'm not going to bother to play the worst version. Um, unless that better version was a year out, which at this point we are almost a year out, right? Yeah. What did it come out? November? I think November. Yeah. Late November. So, 
I don't know. I uh, <clears throat> I can't wait to get back into that world, but it's just frustrating that there's all this baggage that comes along with it. Yeah, agreed. Um, I continue to play Fortnite most of you know most of the time. I uh, my son is back into Fortnite now, so we're we are now a trio. Me, my son, and my daughter. Uh, we had one night maybe a week ago where we won all of our matches that we played. I think we played three and we won three in a row. Um, so that's, that's pretty, pretty satisfying. Um, and again, a lot of it has to do with, you know, I turned 38 a couple weeks ago, um, to be a 38 year old father of five, uh, stay at home dad with, you know, a couple side businesses and, and still winning in Fortnite. It's great feeling. How much, uh, are you, are any of the kids better than you yet? No, not yet. No, not yet. I, I would say my, my daughter, Marlo, she's a better builder than me. Um, but it, as far as like aim goes and stuff, I, I think I had, I think I had like one of the times we won back to back games. Uh, I think I had like 13 eliminations in one and, wow. and 14 in, in the other. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah. I'm um, lucky to get two. Yeah. It's, it's, it's still really fun. The new season just came out maybe like two weeks ago. Um, they always add a bunch of interesting things. I, I, my goal every season is to at least get to level 100 so I can unlock everything that's in the battle pass. Cause I always buy the battle pass, bought my kids, the battle pass. Um, there's, there's some neat stuff in there. Last season had, uh, Rick and Morty in it. Oh, nice. Um, so that was, that was kind of cool. Um, but it also had last season had one of the best songs, uh, I've ever heard. It's, uh, what, is, um, dang it. New, New Donk City? No, it was, um, oh, who's the character? It was, it's a really good ska song, um, that I'm, that when I first heard it, I was like, oh my God, it sounds like old No, no Doubt, like early nineties, No Doubt. Hmm. That's how good it is. And that's how good the cool. singer is and how good the ska song is. And God, I wish I could come up with the name of it, but, um, yeah, it was interesting. Cause I found it on, I found the video for it on YouTube. Maybe I can look it up real quick while I'm talking. And a lot of the people are like, you know, people, people that are my age or maybe a little bit older, a little bit younger are like, yeah, my kids, you know, we're playing Fortnite. They got this song. And now I'm like, we can listen to ska now. Like ska is just, it's not a thing for, for kids these days. Um, nope. so it, it, it was really neat to see that, that kind of, uh, people are like, yeah, this is my, my son's favorite song now, or, you know, my, my daughter is now listening to, uh, like less than Jake and the mighty, mighty Boston's. Wow like oh man that's so cool um that 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 this one song can can do that so yeah that's awesome i'm I'm not gonna be able to look up the name of th- i can't multitask at all um but but just look up fort like fortnite ska song and and i'm sure it'll i'm sure it'll pop up it's it's the name of the character and it's it's song so i want to say sunny but i don't think it's sunny sunny song oh it is sunny song Scastra terrestrial yeah yeah, uh, re- really good. Uh, I listened to the, like the 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 live recorded version too, and it's even cooler. Um, but yeah, right, uh, def- definitely check that out if you're if you're interested in ska. Um, you know, like I said, it brought me back to to the no doubt days in the in the early to mid nineties. Oh yeah. Um, oh, okay. Our heyday. Yeah. Uh, still playing Stardew Valley, of course. That's that's a game that I just I'll, I'll always play. Probably I'll always have a farm going. 
Um, I am doing the beach farm. I'm on the 1.5 update. I still have not experienced a lot of the new content. There's so much, but I also have, it's been kind of so long since I've gotten that far in a farm. I I'm, I'm to the point where I don't really know what sort, what's new and what's not. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Stardew Valley, it's to, to me is a top five game of all time. Like not even on my own personal list, not necessarily, but all time top five best games ever made oh definitely um, I, I agree it's with that so good and to, it really to, is to think that it was 15 bucks i i don't know it, it boggles my mind i've bought it three times now yeah i i, I know i well, like my kids own it so i bought it on their switches i have it on uh, you know on my switch and then on my computer the uh the 1.5 stuff i and, and i'm w- with you in that i don't really know what is 1.5 stuff and what was just old end game stuff that I'd never got to in my first playthrough. Um, but I'm at the point in my, my most recent playthrough and, and that's another game I gave a good amount of time to this, uh, this spring and summer and um, I forget where my thought was going, but uh, Oh the, yeah, the end game stuff. I'm at a point now where it's just very grindy. It's just like, okay, you got to do this thing over and over again for a bunch of days in order to get this one little thing that, will make your life a little bit easier but then once you get it it's like i don't even need it anymore because yeah. i've pretty much done all the things um so i don't know if i'm gonna see all that through i wanted to kind of unlock everything but the last few things are just like the totems i don't know the um the stuff in the the wizard's hut um i don't yeah, know any so of that stuff did you go to the is it the coconut island thing ginger, ginger island ginger ginger yeah ginger island ginger no, snap island I have not been there no Okay, that stuff's all really cool. You'll yeah. you'll, you'll like that. But I, I've heard good things, and I, I but I just haven't gotten there yet. Um, so yeah, uh, and I think you you and I talked about this, but I'm really curious to see what he does with his next game uh, because yeah. apparently it's set in the same universe as Stardew Valley. Um, and I liked one of the things I really loved about Stardew Valley were all the allusions to what was going on elsewhere in the world. So and the mysteries too. I, I think I sent right? you something that someone just discovered was part of the game something about dead children yeah like the really orphan, like eerie mystery type of thing the the orphan totem or something like that where yeah. they turn into birds and <laughs> it's, yeah. it's crazy yep um but that but then i also read an article recently and and the creator eric barone said that not everything has been discovered about the game yet too so that's also interesting especially a game like that. Like people, people don't necessarily play the game to find those secrets. They data mine, yeah. they read through the source files and, and for them to still have not found some of the secrets is, is pretty impressive development yeah. in my Absolutely. Opinion. Absolutely. Um, let's see what else. Mario golf. We bought when it came out and that's I good. I bought that too. I kind of forgot that I bought it. Yeah. Uh, I haven't, I haven't really played it. I played it a lot for the first like week or two. Uh, it, it's one of those games that I thought my kids would be a little be be a little bit more interested in, but they, you know, they weren't. So uh, I st- I, it, I like it. It's a good game. Um, I tried the the move movement mode. Uh, that's pretty fun. But yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. What am I missing? Like for what? I I like the golf side of it, but the part yeah. where you have to run to your ball and push other people out of the way, like I don't get it. What's the point? I mean, I don't know. I but by movement part i mean the uh physical controls the 
Oh swing. yeah, yeah. Swing, swing. Okay. Um. I yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. They were just trying. I guess they were trying to change it up a little bit. I, I didn't. It doesn't really add get, anything get to the game for me, though. I'm just. I don't know. I found it kind of annoying, actually, to the point where I haven't played it for that yeah. reason. Yeah, I haven't quite finished the story mode. Uh, I'll get get back to it at some point, but yeah. Um, I feel like there was something else on the Switch that I played, but I'm not gonna be able to come up with it right now. Um, and Eastward? then. What, no, I have not played Eastward yet. I am going to buy okay. Eastward. Um, I'm trying to. I want to finish Valhalla first because I know if I start something else, I might not return to that. Um, mm-hmm. Not because I, I don't want to, but uh, New World is coming out soon too. I also played the beta of New World. Um, I very much not like New World. Uh, I kind of knew what it was about. I I watched um, uh, Tim the Tapman play the beta like in the early summer. Um, so I, I knew what it was about, but but playing it, it plays very nicely. It's a lot more actiony than a lot of other MMORPGs. Um, to the to the point where you even have to aim, like when you're shooting your your muskets, which I very much like. Uh, you know, being a PC like shooter player, um, yeah, it makes makes it for a lot more interesting. Uh, I like the player based economy and the focus on crafting and taxes and uh player leaders for for cities and stuff i haven't gotten into all that faction stuff but i but i again experienced it when when tim the Tapman played it over over the summer so um so that i think that's medieval system medieval fantasy setting right yeah kind of like a conquistador explorer type of thing gotcha because there's uh you know boats and and guns and stuff like that so but but there is a fantasy element to it too right Yes. Magic and, and stuff like that. Yeah. All right. And we're back. So we had a little 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 hiccup, a little technical difficulty. Um, it's It's been a long time since we recorded, and I'm on a new system, which I will explain uh, when we get into our weeks. But, um, yeah, just to finish up my thoughts on New World, I, I do think I'm going to get it and kind of play it semi-casually when it comes out. It's only going to be 40 bucks with no monthly subscription. Um, so I, I, I like the world and the setting. Um, so I do, I do think I'm going to play that, uh, for a little while. So awesome. Yeah. And I think that's all I played. I know I, I, I dabbled with a few other things. Um, I think I played a little bit of this, uh, Spyro two. That's another game I'm trying to, that I started and never finished that I that would like to finish at some point. Um, so yeah. Uh, and that's that's all I played. Uh, so we're going to talk about our weeks, but I think we should cover Nintendo news first. Uh, because there is a Nintendo Direct today, uh, we'll bring out all the announcements here. Because um, it's, you know, it's kind of important here. Uh, so first announcement, Kirby and the Forgotten Land uh, is the new Kirby game announced it's going to be a 3D Kirby uh which I thought was cool. I don't think Kirby's been 3D since since the Nintendo 64 days. Um it looked neat. We'll probably get it when it comes out. That's all to talk about there. They just they just showed the the world is like a it's almost like a post-apocalyptic world. Um it reminded me a little bit of the carnival from Near Automata. Mm. Uh, but but more colorful and less dark, you know. <laughs> Yeah. It's, a, it's a Kirby game. Uh, but that that's what it made me think of uh, immediately. Uh, Nintendo Switch Online is adding new content, including Nintendo 64 games. Uh, 
and Sega Genesis games. Wow. Uh, so that's pretty cool. They are going to charge a little bit more. It doesn't say what they're going what what the additional cost is going to be. Um, but you're going to be able to buy Nintendo 64 and Genesis wireless controllers for that for 49.99 each. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's also cool. Uh, the next thing, which me and Corey talked about in our little break here, was that the Mario movie, the animated movie, coming out holiday 2022. I believe they gave an exact... Oh, December 21st. Uh, and then, Corey, I don't know if you want to read off the cast if you've got it right there. Sure. Uh, so this article is from Deadline. Playing the fraternal mushroom digesting plumbers and squashers of turtles are Chris Pratt as Mario, <laughs> Charlie Day as Luigi, Princess Peach, it's Queen's Gambit. Oh, that's who she is, uh, the woman in Queen's Gambit, um, Anya Taylor-Joy. I don't know if you saw Queen's Gambit, Dan. No. It's the chess. Uh, I think it's a Netflix exclusive okay. chess movie. Um, and recent Emmy nominee, oh, yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy, playing bad guy Bowser as Jack Black, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong, Kevin Michael Richardson as Kamek, and stand-up comedian Sebastian Maniscalco as Spike. Yeah. That's pretty crazy cast right there. Yeah, I'm hoping it's kind of one of those things where, you know, the movie quality is what it is but the cast really elevates it just by having fun with their roles um, yeah I can see that being the case yeah that i mean that's a great cast i you know we were talking about it when because i was like cooking supper and kind of eating when when i was watching this and and the only person i didn't know was anya taylor joy outside of that i knew all those people and uh, apparently charles martinet is going to also uh, appear in it he's the voice of mario for the games he's going to have a cameo uh in in some capacity in the game so um yeah no that's a great cast i i love that um i can't wait to see what chris pratt does with mario yeah that that's the most interesting one for me because when they said that when it seemed like they were going to announce the cast i was like first i was like chris pratt like that's he's one of my son's favorite actors because my son is into the jurassic park movies jurassic world specifically um so he loves chris pratt so that he was really excited about that I'm also a Chris Pratt fan. All the oh, Chris's. Chris Pratt, Chris Pine, Chris Hemsworth, and Chris yeah. Evans. Oh, yeah. The Chris's. All the Chris's. Yep. Yeah, Chris Pratt was great in um, Parks and Rec, too. Yes, he was. Uh, <laughs> Bayonetta 3 got a re-reveal trailer. It's coming out early next year. Uh, it looks awesome. I was very excited for that because I hadn't heard anything about Bayonetta 3 in a while. Uh, Bayonetta was great. Bayonetta two was amazing, and I'm hoping Bayonetta three is also amazing. Uh, Splatoon three sees the return of the mammalians, mammals. They just showed them some Splatoon three stuff. Um, it, nothing grabbed me out of that, but uh, you know we'll, yeah. we'll probably end up getting it because we like the Splatoon games uh, in our house. Monster Hunter Rise is getting expansion. This must be the part I missed. I didn't see that part. Uh, Chocobo GP is Final Fantasy's new kart racer. Very cool. Okay. Uh, Cast- Castlevania Advance Collection out today. Act Racer Renaissance, a remake of the classic, is also out today. That's one I'll probably buy. Uh, that looks pretty cool. Yeah, I was reading a lot of the um, takes on the Act Razor, and I, I, I played the, I think the original Act Razor yeah. on Nintendo. 
NES? Um, I think this one's from Super Nintendo. Uh, okay. Maybe that is the one I played. I don't know, but I, I don't remember much about it other than, isn't it kind of like, uh, like a strategy? Am I thinking of the right game? That is an element of the game. Yeah. There's like a, there's a 2d like side scrolling brawler platformer part. And then there's, uh, yeah. yeah okay. uh, so I am thinking of the right like game. a world building part. Okay. I remember playing it, but I don't remember like anything about it other than just playing it. So, uh, yeah, um, that, that's, yeah, but that's one I'll probably buy. Everyone was saying how like it was arguably one of the best games of its time. And, yeah, you know they just remembered that they had this series and they're deciding to do something with it. So it's yeah. exciting. Absolutely. Uh, Animal Crossing. The first one came out. Sorry, Dan. No, that's fine. Animal Crossing: New Horizons and Smash Brothers are getting their own directs. Uh, new content for Animal Crossing is long overdue. Um, I would still play that game if it, it needs to have an expansion. They're, they've they've pretty much done nothing with it. It's sold like gangbusters. It's probably close to forty million copies sold, and they've done nothing about it. Um, they're going to reveal the final Smash Brothers character uh, October fifth at ten a.m. EDT. Um, the Animal Crossing Direct is going to be later October. No specific date. And that is all from the Nintendo Direct. So nothing mind-blowing there, um, but I was happy to see a few of those things. So, Yeah, definitely. All right. Let's get into our weeks. Corey, what have you been up to all summer? Oh, man. Um, let's see. <laughs> I was, as uh, during our little break there, our little technical break, I went through the TV shows that I had been watching. And I know I didn't get through all of them, but um, me and my wife have, we've had a crazy summer. It's been crazy. Our weekends are just absolutely crazy. Like last weekend, we had back-to-back Friday, Saturday wedding. Um, it, it is a, it's all weddings, including our own. I did get married this summer. Hey, so, um, congrats. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, woo um we, your, your been wedding was years, your wedding so. was really nice and a lot of fun oh thanks yeah um we got people re- seemed to really like the food which was good the to food. hear because the that food was, was incredible a, as a <laughs> you know a mirtha as a child of ellen mirtha that was really important to me to make sure uh-huh. the food was good um so glad to hear people liked it we had a blast it was a whirlwind for anybody that um hasn't gotten married and plans to um just I know it sounds cliche to say, and, and everybody says it, but like, just try to slow down and enjoy the day. Uh, don't get trashed. It's not, not worth it because things are going to move really quickly anyway. And if you're trashed, you're going to have a harder time remembering things. I was really well behaved. I didn't get drunk until everybody left. Um, towards the end, I started to get my, my buzz on, but I was pretty <laughs> much sober most of the day. And I'm really mm-hmm. glad I was because even as a sober person, I didn't get time to talk to everybody I wanted to talk to and get time to do all the things I wanted to do. Um, so that's the only advice I'll give to anybody that hasn't gotten married. Oh, and also, um, don't, don't do a DIY wedding. It's too much <laughs> unless you're doing a DIY wedding and having everybody else do the things and not your, you and your spouse. Um, yeah, it's a lot. Well, I, sh- uh, I will say the attention to detail was, was noticed and it was, it was very well done. Okay. I can't take much credit for that. That's mostly my <laughs> wife. So sure. she, you know, I'll let her know, but, uh, yeah. It's it was fun and, and we're glad to have finally tied the knot after postponing for a year, um, along with everybody else, because uh, <laughs> that's what our summer has been. But anyway, I started to say um, all that 
silly wedding stuff aside, I started to say uh, what we've been doing is basically every night we've just been watching TV just to kind of relax and unwind. So we've watched a ton of TV and movies this this summer. Um, I just want to I'm just going to read through my favorites, but there is one I want to talk about. Um, so White Lotus, Shadow and Bone, Blood of Zeus anime is really cool. Um, if for anybody that liked Castlevania, which I also watched Castlevania season four this year, incredible. Um, I'm still trying to get Will to watch Castlevania, but he has like a mental block. In fact, I even watched <laughs> Demon Slayer uh, because he's been telling me to watch Demon Slayer. So I watched it just to try to get him to also watch Castlevania. And I know he's going to listen to this episode. So um, hopefully that's enough push for him to go back and watch it but um castlevania made for love mayor of east town only murders in the building hacks and obviously the mandalorian but the one i wanted to talk about is uh apropos because it just came out yesterday as of yesterday two days ago um as of this recording is star wars visions so i don't know i, I didn't really know much about it until i got the had the notice on my phone and news article popped up about it. And I was like, Star Wars Visions, what is this? Um, it's a bunch of slice of life um, animated series on Disney Plus, but it's all done by Japanese anime studios. Um, and they create their own original stories. There are, apparently there are familiar characters. I haven't seen any yet, but man, it's so cool. The first episode is crazy they do a good job of capturing the Star Wars universe, but in like the anime style, the Japanese anime style. I'm going to have to watch um, that. I, I, Cause I have not watched anything like at all, like no TV, no movies, no nothing, but I have to watch this. Cause that sounds amazing. And they're short, Dan, they're the first one's like 14 minutes. The second one's like 13 minutes. That's perfect. Um, and they're all their own contained stories. They basically went to these studios and said, create something in the Star Wars universe, do your thing. Um, so they're wildly different animation styles, wildly different stories. Uh, the second, I've only watched the episode one and two, um, but like it's, I said slice of life type of stuff, but it's really cool because the second episode, minor spoiler, um, happens, it's based around uh, Jedi who's on the run after Order 66. And as part of his hiding out, he joins a rock band who, uh, they play on Tatooine before pod races. So, you know, it kind of, it, it's still cool. part of the universe, but it's its own contained story and like this Japanese style of storytelling. It's really entertaining. Um, it's reviewing really well and it's just freaking awesome. Um, it's refreshing too for Star Wars universe. I feel like the Mandalorian was really refreshing for Star Wars and, and, and really captures what's great about Star Wars. Um, this series does that really well too. Speaking of that, I didn't even mention that I finished the Clone Wars series and Dan, I know you don't have time to do it, but man, especially those later seasons when they gave up on like making it for kids and they're like, this show's for Star Wars fans. Let's make it for Star Wars fans, not for kids. Um, some of those last episodes are just incredible, especially it's not a spoiler to say because it's Star Wars stuff, but towards the end when Ahsoka is, says goodbye to Anakin for the last time before Anakin turns into Darth Vader um, and when Order 66 happens and she's just trying to figure out what the hell is going on man it's some heavy stuff yeah um, i know then, my son watched all that and liked it and, and watched the, he watched the bad batch too bad batch okay so that's where i'm at right now i'm watching bad batch although i think i might watch rebels before i watch bad batch just because the bad batch is set up in clone wars um so they're kind of closely tied together i kind of want to see something else for a little while and then come back to bad batch but um 
really just impressive what other than, other than the three new movies which i've now kind of decided i i don't really like the the, the sequel trilogy um yeah. i don't know i i liked the first episode i didn't mind the third episode i thought the second episode was terrible uh in my mind and you know i'm not going to send anybody death threats or hate star wars forever or anything like that but um just not it doesn't fit in with the rest of of star wars in my yeah. mind but i'm glad to see they're doing new and creative and fun stuff um elsewhere in the universe it's just they need to figure out these movies and they th- what they need to do is they need to turn the turn the keys over to, to john favreau and let him run the show because he has it figured out in the mandalorian and i'm convinced of that and nobody's going to convince me otherwise <laughs> i still say i mean uh rogue one is up there with with uh the empire strikes back is my favorite star wars movie depending on what mood i'm in like rogue one yeah. is so good that's the one I recommend to people that say they don't like Star Wars. Um, and just on that note, Dan, I would, it's probably in my top three favorite endings of movies oh, in general. I get you know, chills when I think about the yeah. ending of that movie. Yeah. Um, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. I actually, I had to watch it twice because it, it really moved fast, especially at the beginning. And I, even as someone who knows Star Wars, I didn't, I could, I, it took me a little bit to follow. Um, but the the second time I watched it, I was like, this movie's, this movie's incredible. So, yep. Yep. Um, but that's it. I always like to share what I'm watching and if it ties into to gaming culture, I always try to loop it in a little bit, but I did want to say just one last thing. Um, one of the reasons I got inspired to do another episode was because, uh, acquaintance of mine came up to me at a wedding we were at in, uh, his name is Eric. So Eric, if you're listening and I imagine you are, thank you for coming up to me and saying like, Hey, why haven't you guys done a podcast in a while? I really miss your perspective. And he went on to talk about how um, there's a lot of gaming podcasts out there, but they're all like bought and paid for. They're all getting review copies of games. They have relationships with developers. Um, And he just said how much he appreciated our consumer take. You know, we don't do any of that stuff. Um, We just, we spend our money as consumers and we talk about games as consumers and we hope that that resonates and, um, to have someone come up to me and, and, and basically share that with me was, uh, meant a lot. So thanks, yeah. Eric. Uh, glad to hear, you know, we're appreciated. Yeah. We very much appreciate that. That's, that's why we, why, why we did the show and continue to do the show. Um, we, <laughs> summer kind of fell apart on us, but yeah, we, we do intend on continuing this, this project. So, um, Indeed. yeah, uh, you also moved. Oh yeah. I did right, move. I moved right into be- another right- apartment. Right before you got married or right after? Two weeks before the wedding. Before, yeah. okay. Yeah, and I, uh, you, know, you know how us Murthas are. We we never want to ask for help. Um, we try no, to do don't. everything independently for a lot of reasons. One of them being we just get annoyed by people really easily. Um, you know, we never like to feel like we owe people favors. You know, the whole there's a lot of reasons, <laughs> very unique Murtha reasons. But yeah. Um, so that was my goal was to not really need, I knew I would need some help because some stuff's heavy. Um, but like weeks before I had been packing everything and, and making like spreadsheets, keep everything organized. Box one has kitchen stuff. Box two has, uh, you know, closet stuff, that kind of stuff. Um, and was doing that for a couple months leading up to it. We had plans on everybody coming that Friday of that weekend to help us move. Um, but we got rained out. We only had a trailer. We didn't have like a moving truck or anything. We got rained out on that Friday and then uh, pushed to that Sunday. But that whole weekend, nonstop from like five o'clock after work on Friday till 
probably 6 p.m. on Sunday, I was nonstop moving stuff, moving boxes. Um, and we just barely got everything in. So you never realize how much junk you have until you start to move. And, and even then there's more than you, even when you think you've gotten rid of everything and have everything boxed up, you don't, you keep opening drawers and, and you're like, Oh, I didn't even know I had this. I wish I, I wish I knew because I would have been using it for the last three years. Wait till you have kids. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Oh man. <laughs> stuff. stuff. So much stuff. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, it's easier to just pack it into a box and not go through it or get rid of it or decide what you want to do with it right then. You just put it in a box and yep, just move it to the next place. Yeah, and that's what kind of worked out because what we did was we boxed up everything we didn't need regularly ahead of time. And then, you know, we just boxed up the stuff we, we needed right up until we moved uh, last. And because of that, you know, we unpacked all the stuff we knew we needed. And now we have boxes of stuff that we're like, gosh, should we just get rid of this? You know, we haven't needed it. So I don't know. Yeah. Moving sucks. Yeah. Yes, it does. Okay. Anything else, Corey? Uh, no, nothing. Nothing too. Yeah. Too uh, bringing up the rain. <clears throat> talk about July. Uh, I think it rained 26 out of 31 days in July. Uh, in here in upstate New York it was not a very good summer Uh, again my you know my my kids favorite thing to do for the most part is is swim for for three of them anyway we figure out the baby likes to be in the water Uh, only one one of the twins doesn't really like to go in the water but I think I think he was just afraid I think he'll soon discover that it's one of his favorite things to do so we've been sat on a lot of swimming this summer um, my parents, uh, I don't know if we recorded since then, but my, my parents pool got crushed in a storm two years ago. Um, they didn't fix it last year cause of COVID and they couldn't, they couldn't get parts for a new pool or anything like that. So we, we, I helped them, uh, and we'll help them put up a pool last, uh, in the summer. It, I guess it would, would have been the beginning of July. Um, yep. so, you know, we were, we were able to swim as much as we could. The weather, like I said, upstate with New York was not was not great this summer. Um, we didn't have a whole lot of really hot days like like we have sometimes. And again, it rained all of July, which stunk. Um, I should say too, Will it Will moved out of Mom and Dad's house. He's living in a, an apartment in in Binghamton now. Uh, he's in college now and also working full time at a, at a new restaurant. Uh, <laughs> so that's why he's unable to to podcast right now. He's got a lot on his plate so oh he has a girlfriend too i don't know if he wanted us to say that or not but he, he ha- also has a girlfriend um we outed him yeah so i mean if he was going to be on we pr- probably would have talked about it anyway but yeah uh but so i would like you know he's welcome to come on anytime i think we're going to mostly record our episodes on the weekend mornings right i don't know i yeah i mean the, that time frame works best for me uh, yeah. most of the time but i, I don't know i, I would like right. to have a regular time just so yeah, i can always make sure it's, that it's it's easy to do sacred. that way and and really weekend mornings are fine with me too um you know my kids have been better about sleeping in so um but that's something we'll talk about we recorded on thursday because you have another wedding that you have to go to uh last one of the season though right yep this is it one more and then uh, we're it done was, for the year how many was it though uh i think eight including our own 
that's crazy. I think one summer I had three weddings, and that was the most I ever went to <laughs> in one in one and that's season. That's too much, right? <laughs> that was too much. Yeah, uh, especially for yeah, someone my, like me who doesn't like to socialize all that much. My, uh, I hear that, and and my my go to um, saying is there's such a thing as too much fun when people are like, oh my god, that's so many weddings, and I say, yeah, there's such a thing as too much fun. But I said that to one person, and they're like, well, at my age, it's funerals, so stop complaining. And I'm just like, okay, that's oh, fair. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair um so yeah we we've got a lot going on our house uh all my kids are my four older kids are are now in school full-time um so it's a little quieter here during the day but it's just me and the little one who is now a toddler he's one and walking and talking and uh he's 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 a handful so it's not exactly like easier i guess um because we are also planning on moving um time frame is is up in the air but what what our our plan for now is uh we are going to be buying an rv uh tow behind rv and traveling full time um so we're working on getting our house cleaned up to sell uh really the whole catalyst for that this net right now though is my wife is looking for like remote work so um you know it could take a few months for that to happen it could happen in a week and then we would just have to frantically try to sell our stuff. Um, we kind of we kind of had kicked this idea around for a while. We we've been wanting to move south like forever, mm-hmm. um, but we kind of we kind of kicked the idea around, uh, you know, as, as something interesting that we'd like to do. But we kind of don't want to move to a new area and be like, well, we don't really like this place, you know, because you know we we have a huge family and it's it's hard to move, you know? So we're yeah. going to kind of be nomadic for a while. We're going to experience a lot of different places and, uh, and, and, you know, settle down eventually in a, in a place that we really like. Um, we follow a few people on, on Instagram and other various social media that, that do the full-time travel lifestyle, including one that has five kids like we do. So, uh, we're trying to lean into their experience a little bit and uh, to know what to I was going to ask. For. Cause when you first told me like, that's the first thing that jumped into my head, I'm like, geez, that's, that's tough with five kids. Do you like, what, how does this couple handle that? Like, do they, what kind of tips and tricks or is it just like, yeah. So we are we're absorbing anything they put out about it. Yeah. Cause I, and you know, there's to, to a point you're only going to be able to get so much out of that and then you just have to experience it and figure out what works for you. Sure. Um, so our plan is uh, for the, the specifics, we actually, we traded in my car, which was a 2011 Ford flex for a a towing vehicle. Uh, so we got a 2014 Ford expedition, which with the heavy duty towing package. So it tows up to 9,000 pounds. Uh, we are looking at, uh, travel trailers that run about 6,000 to 6,500 pounds, uh, dry weight, which is unloaded with, with things and, and with the water tanks empty. Um, and then they, they, you can usually load them up about a thousand to 1500 pounds. So, uh, 7,500 pounds we're looking at roughly and the, our, our vehicle tows 9,000. So, we're trying to decide wow. if we want to get brand new or if we want to get used. Uh, but again, it's, it's all going to depend on, on, on work for, for my wife. So, yeah. Uh, well, we, I'm jealous. Yeah. Cause 
that lifestyle does seem appealing. I'm just too much of a coward to make that leap, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, so are we, but I, I feel like this is the most economical and easiest route. The places we were looking at, at renting, like in, in Florida, the, the, like, it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to be somewhere on the coast ideally. Um, because our, you know, our family loves the water, the ocean, the sun, the beach. Um, and we can get a brand new travel trailer for less than what we, for half of what we pay a month where we live now in taxes. Yeah. Like, that's how much cheaper it is. You can <laughs> yeah. get, you can get a, uh, you can stay at an RV park right on the beach where you walk out of your, your trailer onto the beach. It's like $500 a month for utilities and everything. Yeah. It's just much cheaper than, you know, we're, we're, cause we're looking at houses with four bedrooms. Right. Uh, you know, we're, uh, an apartment's kind of out for our, our family because of how many we have. We're looking at four bedroom houses to rent for 3000 or $3,500, um, you know, in, in, in a decent area. So that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, we're also trying, so... we, uh... there we go. Okay. And we're back. Yeah. We're, we're uh, having a couple difficulties. So anyway, but I was, I was saying the, the, one of the reasons why I'm on a new system is I am uh, on a gaming laptop. I made a gaming laptop purchase uh, about a week ago, and I've been slowly testing everything out uh, to make sure it's an adequate replacement for a desktop because we will not be able to fit a desktop in a travel trailer. So um, I'm making sure I can do everything I can do on my desktop on my laptop. And so far, so good uh, outside of some Streamlabs freezing up on us. I had a little pain in the butt audio issues at the start uh before we started recording but i think i've sorted those out too um so yeah uh i'm i'm on a laptop i got a msi stealth 15m it has an i7 11th generation i7 processor it's got a geforce rtx 3060 six gigabytes um it is not as powerful as my desktop but i did not expect it to be um but after tinkering with some settings and stuff and playing, this is what I played Assassin's Creed Valhalla on. I played some Fortnite on it. It's got 144 hertz re- refresh rate uh, for my screen. So I can get my high refresh rate gaming goodness. Uh, Assassin's Creed runs from like 78 to 91 frames per second, which is good. Uh, and then Fortnite usually runs at the max, like 144. It'll jump, it'll drop down to like the 120s on occasion. Um, but otherwise runs great. So yeah, uh, I'm pretty happy with it so far and it's a lot easier. That's awesome. That. Um, what I was going to ask is you, you mentioned yeah. that it's not as powerful. Do they make like external GPUs or external mm-hmm. processors that you can just plug your laptop into that will give it that extra push if you're in a position where you can use it? Yes, they do make external. I believe Razer makes external GPU docks and they would plug into like the Thunderbolt port. Okay. Um, so you can plug any GPU into that. It's I believe the dock itself is like like three hundred bucks or four hundred bucks in addition uh, to the cost of the GPU, the GPU. itself. <laughs> which, um, you know, my plan is to to piecemeal this computer out and sell it on eBay. Uh, so about a year ago, I bought my graphics card in it. It's an RTX twenty sixty super. Uh, it was four hundred bucks from Best Buy. I can get 
between seven and eight hundred right now for on eBay. That's crazy. Um, so you should have yeah. bought more than one, Dan. I I didn't. I, you know, I I knew that they were going to go out of stock for a while, but I didn't. I definitely didn't think a year later that we would still be having this problem. Um, and that it appreciate that much, you know? Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's double. I I think if I get lucky, I could probably get over eight hundred for it. Uh, I've been selling a lot of stuff on eBay. Like I said, we're we're slowly cleaning out the house um and and trying to because we're going to take like nothing with us what if if and when i shouldn't say if when we finally do move uh we obviously don't have room for a lot of things on a on a trailer so it's going to be bare minimum for for everybody um i'm planning on bringing my laptop my you know video games and then like a couple books uh the rest of the stuff important stuff that i have is going to go into storage and then everything else i'm selling um but yeah i've been selling stuff on ebay and uh yeah it's pretty good sweet uh i swear there was something else i wanted to talk about during my week um yeah uh oh yeah i did i did so in addition to the graphics a lot of there's a lot of other pc parts that are like hard to get hard to find um so i had this past week or two i had four computers that i had to build for workhorse and then a couple repairs we've been getting a lot of bad parts uh i i think if they're like covid parts there's like not very well manufactured so we've had a few systems that we've had to repair uh due to bad parts uh, but we also got we got uh banned from amazon for buying too many like graphics cards and what? these are crap these are crappy graphics cards these are gt 710s which we put in our systems uh, that are just capable of putting out video. Uh, I don't know if they thought we were like we were reselling them, marking them up, that's, reselling them. That's um, what I was going to ask. Can you appeal? Probably, I probably. Um, but but like stuff's getting so hard to get now anyway that you know we're we're, we're I think we're gonna take a, take a hiatus for a few months and see if the supply issues uh, resolve themselves a little bit. It doesn't seem like that's going to be the case, but um, yeah, we we. Just can't get parts for our computers. So, I mean, I, I feel like it's a bigger conversation, but I feel like that's just like everything right now. It's yeah. just, and, yeah, and I case. think we were spoiled really like before this because basically anything you wanted at any point, you just had to click a few buttons and it would show up at your door within two days. Crazy concept. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's still to me, it's just this crazy concept, but, um, yeah, everything. Everything's a little bit slower and a little bit behind and a little bit more scarce. Yep. Uh, so I know part of the reason for that is the I, the the L.A. ports. I think they're ha- they. I don't know if they have n- don't have enough people, but there's a bunch of ships like offshore, just waiting with stuff. Uh, We're stuck in the Suez Canal. <laughs> that that did happen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's like there's all these big cargo ships. Is there seven hundred or there's a lot that are stuck up like just off the coast of Los Angeles, just, just waiting to unload. Um, wow. So that doesn't help things cause it's all stuff from China. Yeah. So we need your stuff, China. Yeah. So I don't know. I did. Uh, speaking of deliveries and Amazon and all that, um, we have a, a warehouse now, like within an hour okay. of me and uh, I get stuff next day now without, having to choose next day which is pretty pretty convenient sometimes yeah, that is. but it's awesome 
I've also, in my older age, tried to do more of the like support local businesses, put your money back into your community as opposed to um, into big tech community. But um, every now and again, you know, you, there's something you need on Amazon. And you, it's just convenient. Yeah, absolutely. Um, gosh, I feel like there's something else I want to talk. I mean, I fully intended on taking notes and. It's just every day it seems like it, <laughs> my plans just fall apart. Yeah, because one of the things I was supposed to do is was after the kids went back to school, I was supposed to start working harder on getting the house cleaned out. Um, but my my one year old is such a he's not bad, but he's he's exploring things. He do, he doesn't want to be like locked and trapped in, trapped in the living room for very long. Uh, when you know he has a whole house to explore and you know like the you know the cat to chase around and and all that stuff so i i try to keep him entertained uh getting four kids who don't want to wake up who don't want to go to school ready for school in the morning is misery <laughs> too so by the time i get at them all the school i get back and i'm like oh my god i just need to i need to sit for a little bit you got to make it so school is their best option dan tell them you can stay home but if you stay home you're cleaning the toilet you're picking the weeds out of the sidewalk, you know, make them do that kind of stuff. Not a bad idea. Then they'll want to go to school. Not a bad idea. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, lots, lots going on for, for all of us. So, um, yeah, well, I, I don't know if we have, we don't think, don't think we have a topic for next week necessarily, but, uh, next week's episode will record not this weekend but next weekend correct the beginning of october october 2nd or 3rd yeah um i should my october weekends are pretty open so yeah that should be fun good uh yeah we'd like to get back into live streaming i don't know how many people would be interested in in tuning in on the weekend mornings but uh ideally i would like to get do that once i can figure out what the heck stream labs problem is with uh freezing up so um but yeah, that's everything, right? Any final yeah. thoughts? No. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. Back in the saddle. Back in the saddle. Let's go. Yeah. So that'll do it for episode 495 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Corey. Thanks for listening and get out of my basement. Blast.